Anthony and I here from Caliber Real Estate Group with a new episode of Real in the Field podcast. Today, Joe and I are going to be sitting down discussing the NFL postseason and coaching changes. We'll get into a fun game of overrated, underrated, and finishing up with some real estate talk. So sit back, enjoy the episode. If you like what you hear, like, comment, subscribe, and enjoy the podcast. Acapella guy. All right, episode four. Episode four of Real in the Field. We've got a new episode out today. Uh, we're here. We're back. Coming at you hot with some shout outs. Got some shout outs. Okay. Uh, just been blowing up. We are blowing up. We can barely walk the streets of Orange. <laughs> oh, dude, we're getting without being mobbed. <laughs> we're getting mobbed. Orange County, we're blowing up. State of California. I mean, Newsom wants to give us awards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then not only that, we're starting to sweep the nation. Sweep the nation. Um, hearing from people from Florida, New York. Coast to coast. And then even on Spotify, yeah. you guys can watch us on, or listen to us on Spotify. We have someone from Belgium. We got a Belgium listener. Yes. A devoted Belgium yes. listener. All of the episodes so far. Oh, yeah. We call him our Belgium buddy. Belgium buddy. So Belgium buddy, whoever you are. We got to find out who you are. Yes. Tell us your name. Put in the comment section. Write us. Email us. I don't know if we should give out email addresses, but uh, find a way of getting a hold of us. Yes. Yeah. We'd love (laughs) to hear from you. And uh, yeah, thanks for being a fan. Appreciate it. Yeah. Worldwide. Worldwide, baby. Yeah. We're out there. Yeah. And only four episodes or three episodes. That's all it took. Yeah. Yeah. Building some steam here. Coming in hot. (laughs) Coming in hot like uh, Patrick Mahomes at the parade. Oh, man. That Did guy that? He was wasted. That guy was having a good time. Yeah. He and rightfully it. so. Yeah. I mean, you win the Super Bowl, you know, you're, uh, you're, you put a ring on it. You deserve it. Yeah. You deserve to party. I mean, Matthew Stafford last year uh, was wa- every, all the Rams were wasted off their ass. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, rightfully so. He should be partying. And even Tom Brady the year before that. Oh, you dude. remember he threw the, Throwing the, trophy, the trophy across? Trophy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. De- like, those guys, like, deserve to just let loose and enjoy their victory. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes was in, you know, in good form out there, just partying it up and enjoying it. And, uh, I I mean, they they won Super Bowl. They deserve it. Yeah. So, but go. some changes are happening. Yeah. So, the typical NFL offseason stuff, you're getting coaching changes. Oh, yeah. Players getting released. The whole shuffle. Yes. The whole NFL shuffle. Shuffle so the, the deck here. Yeah. So let's just talk about the two Super Bowl teams. The Philly or Philly lost both coordinators. Yeah. Both co- coordinators left to be head guys somewhere else. Yeah. And then the Chiefs offense coordinator is now gone also. Yeah. I mean, you build up a resume with, you, you know, putting that Super Bowl victory on your <laughs> resume, that automatically just kind of like catapults you to the top in terms of, you know, your credentials as a coach. That's all you got to say. Oh yeah, you want to know my credentials? Here, you want to know my re- you want my resume? <laughs> yeah. Here you go, Super Bowl victory. How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, can't beat it. So, but that's a, dude. That's the thing of like the off season, all that changing, things are kind of evolving, and you gotta. Every organization is trying to figure out what their needs are. Yeah, everyone goes through that change. I mean, you got coaches coming in, you got coaches, uh, you know, leaving. Everyone's doing the whole shuffle. You know, from NFL, college, I mean, high school level. I mean, you're no, yeah. you're not exempt from that. You got yeah. coaches that come in. You got coaches that leave. Um, what is that like for a coach finding that fit, finding that right fit, finding a new coach to come in to fill a spot? What does that look like and what is that whole process like? Yeah. So in my time, I've, we've had to hire some guys and fill some spots. Um, the first thing that you want to, like, you got to have a guy that you get along with. Yeah. Yeah, you guys spend yeah. all day, you, every day oh with each gosh. other. You spend so much time together. So those little nuances of like, like, dude, don't talk too much. Don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like don't. Uh, don't be a Yahoo. Yes. Just don't, don't be a yeah, Yahoo. Just be cool. So that that's the first thing probably where you're like, dude, you're, you're a good guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You first gotta and get foremost, along. you're a good guy. Yeah. Um, because you're going to be around kids you're gonna be around the kids in the program and stuff and you got to be a good influence so yeah we want a good person first off um after that they got to align uh with your philosophy oh gotcha yeah right i mean that makes a lot of sense you got to buy into what we're selling here yeah exactly and if so, you're not on board yeah you ain't. yeah and we've i mean we've had some guys come in 
and not be able to kind of understand that. Yeah. And so their time didn't last too long. It doesn't mesh well, yeah. yeah. I would so imagine. they got to buy in and kind of know their role, you know, but you kind of put the feelers out. Is anyone interested? Yeah. You know, sometimes people reach out to us and be like, hey, you guys looking for coaches? And you just kind of meet them and then it kind of, it, it kind of is a feel thing. I would imagine it's you know? like, yeah, I mean, uh, to kind of use the analogy, like going out on a date, you're feeling out like what this person, sure. if they vibe with your vibe, yeah. if they're, you know, kind of on the same level that you are, if they get your, I mean, kind of get your same humor, things like that, which are all part of going into coaching and how you guys are going to yeah. be out in the field. Yeah. yeah. And so we go with like baby steps of like, you know, like where have you coached? You know, what do you... What do you like to do? What are your philosophies? What are some drills you like to do? And, yeah. stuff? and so if like, if that box gets checked, yeah. then it's like, okay, let's watch some film together. Oh. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it's like, well, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Or um, what, what's good on this play? Oh, and so you, you okay. kind of like. So you can get a lot from yeah, like just that. You teach me for a second. Oh, gotcha. Pretend I'm, I'm one of your guys. Like, yeah. What would you tell one of your guys right here? So just kind of see their feedback and stuff. Yeah. And then if all that's going well, you know, then you got to do paperwork and just make sure that everything's good. Everything to go. else checks out. Yeah, everything right. else checks out. Right. And then when they're on board, and then hopefully, you know, hopefully it works out. Yeah. But yeah, it's not. It's not easy. Well, I would say, yeah. man, just like in kind of looking at per the personality aspect of it, that's a huge hurdle. And then qualifications. I mean, you're talking about bringing together all of those different things to be a good fit for the program, and ultimately, yeah. everyone's after the same goal. You know, you guys are trying to chase that ring. Yeah, And sure. it's, you at know. All, all those levels, yeah. Yeah, everyone. everyone everyone's after that same goal, you know, get to the big dance. Yeah. And if you got the guy that's going to help you get there, uh, it's got to be the right fit. So what are some of the things that you look for? Like, you know, let's say we're looking at film where you and I are, are uh, in the coaching office, coach's office and yeah. we're looking at film. Um, you know, what are some of the questions that you ask and what are you looking for kind of in response? Uh, let's say it's a DB coach. Sure. All right. So we're looking at the defensive backs. We'll pull up all the clips that are past clips. You know, we'll watch a play. You know, what can the kid improve on on this play? What do you do well on this play? Oh. What would you tell the kid on this play? You know, just so to yeah. kind of get the, you know, maybe his eyes were wrong. Maybe his feet were bad here. Maybe, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And to kind of see his approach on how he would handle it. Gotcha. So, so if, if he does things. it well, yeah. So if he does it well, and I was saying this, like, I'm not the smartest football guy, but if I can understand it, yeah, I can get a kid to understand it. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. But if someone explains it to me and I'm like, like <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? There's no, there's no way a 16 year old kid's going to get it. So if they're getting lost in what the, uh, coaching, uh, what they're trying to get across, if you're getting lost in it, then more than likely 16-year-old kid's going to get lost For in sure. whatever it is. And you you're just, the outcome's going to be, yeah. you ain't going to get, you ain't going to be there when that, uh, wherever that pass is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you got, like, first and foremost, you got to be a good teacher. Yeah. Right? And everyone learns differently, so you just, like, it's not easy. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's not, and then just, if they can approach each kid, like, okay, this kid learns this way, he might need more reps with this, or yeah. whatever the case may be, but... Yeah, dude. It's well, not, what what it's about not like with, with aggression and, you know, like we grew up in that era and we've talked about it here before that the Oklahoma drill yeah. lineup, you know, yeah, get in your face. Like, is that, are you looking for intensity in a coach still? Like it was back, you know, back in our day, back in, in junior nah, American day? It's style. Yeah. And this is something I've learned as I've gotten older. You have to coach your personality. Yeah. Right. You don't. Like, kids can see when you're being fake. Oh, gotcha. Right? Yeah. If you think back to the coaches that we've had, mm -hmm. like, the ones that you connect with the most are, are real. Yeah. And they're not, they're not trying to be posers as something else. They're yeah. not trying to sell you something else. They like, are who dude, they, they are. They are, like, as authentic as they can be. God, yeah. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, and that's what we try to do with our players. And I'm sure, like, all the great coaches do that. Yeah. Like, dude, NFL to college guys, like Nick Saban. Yeah. Is Nick Saban ever fake with any of those Alabama guys? That Doesn't dude, seem like it. That dude is about <laughs> as consistent and legit every day. Yeah. 
You know, that, that does make sense that, you know, when someone's straight with you with where they, who they are, you can kind of just, you know, you can take them at their word and you can take them at, you know, their personality and what they're, what they're trying to get across. I could see that being, you know, if you, if they're coming at you with a different, something different than what you know them to be, then it just already is, you're, you're coming at them with some inauthentic, in, uh, they're, they're not authentic. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not authentic. And they're, you've already kind of started off on the wrong foot. Yeah. So coming at them like w- with some authenticity, that's the word that I was trying to look yeah. for. I, know. I got it. <laughs> we all knew. Um, but no, and like, of course, is your, your personality different, you know, when you're at home or is it different when you're with your friends? But when you're on the field or when it's time to coach and you're in that role, like, you know, you have to kind of flip the switch and, but yeah. your personality deep down does come out. Yeah. Right. And if you do want the kids to be great, like you have to go out there and be great. And so yeah. you try to find coaches and man, that coaching carousel, like in the NFL, in college, like yeah. they just want a guy that fits. Well then when you like, do find that guy, want. when you do find that guy that fits, like you hold on <laughs> you and you let don't let go. go. But that's why those dudes make so much money. Yeah. If you think about it, they make millions of dollars Yeah. because if you think about the people who, own the bills or who owns the Bengals or whoever it may be. Yeah. Like, man, we found our head coach. Yeah. And we trust that guy. Yeah. Like, we don't want to let that guy go. Think about all the head coaches that got fired. Think about all the quarterbacks, which I think are like many head coaches. Yeah. Like, dude, Derek Carr's gone. Aaron Rodgers is hiding out in a cave or something. Like, no one knows where that guy is. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like once you find it, you you try to keep it. And, yeah. But, that you know, everyone's like, oh, gosh, these guys make so much money they're valuable yeah they are they they do a lot to the program and if the program is uh there is a a kind of philosophy of the program and somebody fits that like you're saying it's so hard to find that you know that that somebody who meshes and who also buys into your philosophy style and who has that personality where all those things come together which yeah makes sense why you know people why why coaches stay on board for so long with these teams and they don't go anywhere yeah. and they, they, that's their philosophy. And then they build the entire staff to kind of uh, work around that and to buy into that same philosophy. Yeah. And so once you get the coaching staff together, right, like right now in the off season, the most important coach on, on staff is the strength coach. Yeah. Like every, every college, every high school, like everyone's lifting. Yeah. The most time they're spending is with the strength coach right now. Like that's the most important guy. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. The head coach is there. Like other coaches are around, but like they're spending a lot of time with that guy. Yeah. You know. I mean, so, it, it makes sense. Like that's you know, right now there's no opponent to scheme after. It's there's you no, against you right now. It's you against it is, you, yeah. and you're bulking up, and you're getting getting ready for this uh, for this new season that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but not only that. So you get the coaches going, and then you got to get players in and you got to keep the players and you got to keep everyone on track. You got to keep everyone eligible. Like, yeah, it's a lot of work, man. It's like, you know, and every year is different. You get a new group of kids or, you know, in the NFL, they get a new group of guys. You new, get a veteran yeah. come in, you get a rookie come in, like things change and you just got to, it's, dude, it is a grind. Dude, and it's, it's hard. That's the part. But that's what makes it fun. That's well, what yeah. makes football Oh, and like, that's awesome. what, you know, why, you know, not only is it the dr- uh, the drama that unfolds in the field when we're watching it, but this has started from day one, from from the day after the Super Bowl was over until the season starts. Oh, yeah, it's on. It's yeah. on. It's already yeah. started. The Combine's coming up this weekend. There's, uh, you know, there's the draft that's coming up. There's all of this drama yeah. that's already kind of starting to unfold where teams are now reshaping and having to figure out what their next move is going to be because a coach left or because their quarterback left and now they need to fill that roster spot or you know somebody uh defensive lineman uh is retiring or whatever it is (laughs) and now here you are trying to figure out your you know how we're gonna how are we gonna mold this team our defense was kind of surrounding this one particular player that now yeah. we have to figure out how we're going to readjust and yeah. you know redesign our entire defense to be a little bit more uh, or a little different than what it was before with that one player. Yeah, and that's why when like people look at coaches and like take Andy Reid or yeah, dude Andy Reid, he's coached Brett Favre, he's yeah. coached Patrick Mahomes, like you know like he's got to that guy's coach got a pedigree of Donovan McNabb, yeah. Michael Vick, he's like coached great guys like. Don't get me wrong. 
good players. Yeah. Make it way easier. They make good coaches. <laughs> yeah, when you, you know? got a, a yeah. Patrick Mahomes can, yeah. can do what he when does. You got, uh, when you got those guys. But but Andy Reid's been at it for 30-something years or whatever. But, like, every year, like, you could probably ask him, every year is a little bit different. Yeah. You just have a different combo of guys. You have a different combination of whatever. Oh, one person can make the the biggest yeah. difference in your in your defense. And that's what that's what makes, like, coaching, like, hard. Yeah. It's and, like a, and fun, but it's hard, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like a chess game. You're, you know, yep. you're using, you're all, everyone's trying to play this game within the rules that are set and you have different pieces that you can move here and there. And it's a matter uh-huh. of putting those pieces where they can be most like advantageous and then figuring out if that piece is gone, how do we work the board to our <laughs> yeah. favor again? Yeah. And it's, it's just a continuous, just kind of battle to, to, to figure that game out. But that's why in the NFL, like things can change at a drop of a hat. Like, yeah. The Bucks won it. What was the missing piece? They needed a quarterback. They got Tom Brady. Yeah, right. The Rams. Who? I mean, get? same thing. Yeah, they got they, they got an old time veteran. They got Matt, Matthew Stafford. Matthew they, Stafford just came in and slang it. To, well, pretty much just gave it to Cooper Cup every damn play. But <laughs> hey, listen, that formula worked. Exo facto, whatever. <laughs> it all worked. Yeah, but yeah. And then you, you know, then you get the the Chiefs. They they even got rid of Tyreek Hill, and everyone's like, oh yeah. god, how are they going to win? Yeah, but dude, you just. You get a guy here, or change the role of someone else here, yeah. and like every year, like it could be somebody else. They yeah. just they were missing just one just thing, one thing, yeah. yeah. Or they and moved then it a comes couple down, there. yeah. And with the the kind of uh, the the worst or the best, whichever you know perspective you're in, is you got all the pieces together. You got to that final you know play or that final game, and it just something happened. Something broke <laughs> yeah. down in that last <laughs> second. Yeah. You put all the pieces together and made it make sense. Hey, Cooper Cup doesn't make that catch in the end zone on that uh, uh, in that fourth quarter play. Yeah, different. It's a di- it's different. The history is written differently. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, no, but that's why we enjoy the game. That's why we love watching it. Uh, that's why you love coaching, and you know we'll continue to do that. But uh, yeah. we got to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to play a little game. What game we got coming up next? We're going to go back to an old uh, crowd favorite. We're going to go overrated, underrated, or just right, but with a new category. New category. Time. All right. So we'll be back after this break with, uh, with that game. Today's episode is brought to you by DK's Donuts of Orange. DK's is family-owned and operated and carries a wide selection of freshly baked donuts. Stop by for a morning treat, an afternoon snack, or even a late-night sugar fix. Follow their Instagram page at DK's Donuts Orange for store information or to order online. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get Ready. into it. Here we go. All overrated, right. underrated, or just right. Last time we played this game, uh, we went with bands. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to go TV shows. All right. TV shows. Okay. okay. Um Some of these I know that you've seen. Okay. Some of these I don't know if you've seen. All right. These are all off the cuff. So... You ready? Let's do it. Right off the bat, Seinfeld. Ah, oh, Seinfeld. That is a classic. I, you know, I don't think many people can claim that it's overrated. It's gotten, I mean, it's what, like the ending was like one of the most watched episodes like in TV history. Yeah. I don't think anybody, I mean, whether, however you feel about the ending, it was kind of a weird one, but even still, I think the hype that it's gotten is, is, where it should be not at all overrated and i don't think it's underrated i think it's right where it should be and i think everybody understands that that was a pretty like it was a different show oh i mean think about like what it would take to get that kind of show on the air at that time if you pitch that to somebody like what is this show about (laughs) like it's it's about absolutely nothing yeah Dude, and the collection of characters, yeah, were unconventional, awesome together. Just <laughs> oh, awesome dude, together. they all worked. Yeah. yeah, everybody individually brought something really solid. Yeah, and collectively just made yeah awesome ensemble, just right, just Absolutely. right. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. agree, just right. I rewatched them all on uh, Netflix, dude. I oh, just, dude, when they came back on, uh, came I on Netflix, it, it was it. no, it. it was solid. All right, here we go. Mad Men. I love Mad Men, dude. I've seen Mad Men. I've seen every episode probably three or four times. I love really? that show. Okay. I mean, something about that like era, something about that. Oh, the era is sweet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the, the you know, uh, the, the, 
I don't know, the, the suits, the hats. I don't know. It was a different time. You <laughs> know what I mean? Everyone's drinking and smoking. Every, it doesn't even take me back because I never knew it. But yeah, oh man, I, I swear, I can like stop drinking for a really long time. Just like, you know, no drinks during the week. I'll have some drinks on the weekend. If I start watching Mad Men, I'm just like, I'm going to go pour myself a whiskey. Yes. <laughs> it's like middle of the day and I'm like, well, Don Draper's going to do it. Like, yeah, <laughs> damn it, I could have a drink right now too. Okay, so just right? Yeah, just right. Just right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me. What, what are you going to say? Have, okay, okay. So I watched as much as I could. Oh, jeez. There were two characters that I could not get over. I okay. couldn't get past them. Okay. Okay. I don't know the dude. I don't. He was like the skinny dorky dude. guy. The he skinny was the dude? dorky, skinny guy. Young guy. Okay. Who was like trying to be a big shot. Yeah. He just drove me up the wall. I couldn't <sighs> take it. Okay. Then there was a gal. Okay. Who was like. I don't know. She wasn't like pretty. Unconventional. Yeah. She yeah. wasn't like pretty. But she, the, she was like a secretary of some dude, sort. Yeah, Peggy Olsen. Yeah. Peggy Olsen is a inter- <laughs> dude, that character develops like over the years, like you okay. wouldn't even like believe. Okay. She goes from spoiler spoiler alert. She goes from secretary to being a copywriter to oh. being like a pivotal, like she is. Such a pivotal uh, character in that whole series. And it's, you know, without seeing it, it's kind of hard to explain, like, why she's so important to the main character, Don Draper. And his, like, his whole, uh, you know, his, just his whole character, his his arc, like, from start to finish. Like, she plays such a big role in it. And from the... From the start, she's just this, you know, secretary that, you know, is... Uh, she's I very know mousy. She's very mousy, yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't... Interesting looking, you know? Yeah. But by the end of it, um, dude, she, she like, transforms like, okay. like, a, like a butterfly. Okay, okay. <laughs> into <there>. this <laughs> great... Yeah, into this, like, really uh, good role. Uh, but, dude, I love that. I love that show so okay. much. All right. Uh, next one, Friends. Oh, Overrated. Oh, that's so overrated. That show, if you took out the laugh track, you where are the laughs? Where are the Ooh. laughs in that? That's a good point. It, it's good point. it's not, I mean, you know, situational. It's it's funny kind of in some of the situations that they get, get themselves into. But it's not, there isn't anything that's like really, um, I don't know. It, it doesn't really, it, I don't know. Maybe I just don't get it. <laughs> okay. No, you, you well, said it right here, overrated. How about you? Uh, I'm, I'm with you. It is a little overrated. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the sitcom stuff gets me because it's like, uh, I'm going to throw the softball joke at you yeah. and then here comes the punchline and you just hit it out the park. Yeah. And when that's over and over again, like it gets to be a little much. Yeah. I um, think, you know, I'll say just to kind of be fair, like when it was, uh, I guess in its prime, like I did watch it and I did, I, I guess I did enjoy it, mm. but it wasn't only until, like, in hindsight, when you look back and go, like, wait, why was that funny? It sure. wasn't really, it, was, it wasn't funny for, like, you know, like, the jokes weren't, like, all that funny. I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, Maybe you got hindsight. caught up in it. I, did, I think yeah. I did get caught up yeah. in it. I did, yeah. So right now we're going overrated. Yeah, I, okay. I do, I, I'm going to just say, like, you know, hindsight overrated. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, out on Netflix, Peaky Blinders. Oh man, I I haven't seen enough of it. I've seen like one or two episodes, and it's it's so good. Well, okay, so for me, Mad Men is that like a, a um, you know a, a or a TV series that was shot in a certain kind of era time that period, yeah. time period. Uh, what do I they just, call that? An era piece or what's that? I probably I don't know. Someone's gonna correct us. I know time piece. <laughs> Whatever. But timepiece, yeah. But it it it's. I think I've heard a lot about it. Um, I just haven't gotten into it. So I guess uh, overrated for that reason. No way, dude. It is so good. So is those it? of you that haven't seen Peaky Blinders, it is money. Okay? It is so good. The first couple episodes, it takes your ear a little bit to okay. like understand their accents. Oh, I do remember that. Okay, so I do like remember the first that. couple episodes, you're like, what are they? Dude, and then next thing you know, you fall yeah. in love with Tommy Shelby oh, and the okay. whole... Oh, Okay. so good. Oh, so maybe good. I have to get into it yeah. then. All right. Yeah. Uh, this one I know you've seen. Okay. Because you turned me onto this one. Oh. Breaking Bad. Oh, best. That is the number one <laughs> so best good. TV series from start to finish. 
the best ending, the best, like all around, there was so much thought that went into that entire series yeah. from the start, middle, and end. I've never seen a character that have that went from being so loved for the very like i don't know ha like half of the entire series to then being like switch like completely switch and you hate him by the end of it yeah it is a dude it is like the best ending the best middle the best begin like all around just best not overrated by a long shot and if anything it's underrated people should watch more of it i think it's on a lot of people's like top you know, best yeah. TV series of all yeah. time. No, it's up there. I would say, yeah, yeah. But I agree. I think it's underrated. I think, yeah, not enough people talk about it. Yeah, dude, Heisenberg, the oh. whole character. When the show was so good, there was a spinoff, Better Call Saul. Oh, which, which was in itself equally was as even good, great. Yeah. Right? So that just showed the power of the characters that were in the original. Yeah. Right. You could spin off and just take it, and then they did the movie. Like to wrap it up, yeah. and like no, dude. That so show what I heard is really good. Yeah, what I heard uh, is uh, Vince uh, Gill Gilligan. Gilligan, Vince yeah. Gilligan, um, who was the writer creator of the show. He would box himself in a corner. He would come out and he would kind of like, you know, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino it and go ending first, and then how do I work myself out of this? Which make which is why wow. some of those situations where you're like, there's no way. They're getting out of this. I don't yeah. see a way. The, and, and it wasn't in a way that was so, um, it wasn't in a way that was kind of like a middle finger to the audience where this, you know, no. sometimes you see this like where, where people uh, or TV shows will go down this road where something will happen where you're like, oh, what a coincidence that that happened. It was never that. They no. always were very kind of respectful of the audience and, you know, everyone's intelligence to kind of say, all right, we're not going to make this this kind of like, uh, you know, really short, shitty kind of way to get these guys out of a situation. It always made sense. And it always was very thoughtful. Yeah. And if it, anything, I felt they were a step ahead yeah. of the audience, of me. Like yeah. every time I watch oh, yeah. it, I'm like, I couldn't, these guys are, yeah. These there's guys nothing that I could have thought of. Yeah. I never could have thought of yes. like how they're like, if you just kind of sat me down and paused it at, Hey, what's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how are they going to get themselves out of it? Yeah. Dude, I would never have thought that they would get out of it in the way that they did. It just sure. was, it always like surprised you. But also in a weird way, it was always very obvious. Like once it happened, like, of course, of course, that that's the way. And you're so, and it leaves you so happy. But they built it. Yeah. They did a great job of every tense moment, dude. They built it, built yeah. it, built it. And you're just like, oh, it's going to happen. Oh my God, oh my God. Like. <laughs> And then, no, but then there are those times in the episodes where it's like, you watch a series and you're like, oh God, he's the main character. Nothing's going to happen to yeah. him. Yeah. Right? Not in this show. Yeah. Where there's like build up, build up. And then you're like. Yeah. And they would call yes. back to things that like, you know, happened in the oh, very beginning of the, yes. of the episode or the uh, beginning of the series or sorry, the beginning of that uh, season. And it was like that little nugget that we kind of dropped there yep. is going to come off and it's going to pay dividends later on like in the finale and you're like i i waited all these episodes and it's so <laughs> yeah. much more enjoyable yeah, to so see good. it unfold the way that it did yeah oh, yeah underrated <laughs> underrated love it obviously we both love it go yeah. watch it yeah. all right next one sopranos oh that is just right that i mean it is uh, up there with breaking bad as one of the best tv series except the ending okay. the ending was uh, dude, people are gonna i mean i'm sure gonna be split on this yeah. the ending sucked it was a talking about breaking bad not giving you a middle finger yeah sopranos gave you the middle finger and said we don't know what the ending is going to be we'll leave it up to you that's not why i watched the sopranos i watched tv so that you could tell me a story and then have a nice clean ending and wrap everything up especially when i've invested to, I don't know, years. 10 years, years into this show, you're going to leave this ambiguous ending and leave me kind of making up my own mind of what happened? That's not how TV works. If I wanted to do that, I mean, I would write I just, my own I story. Do, I do that in my own life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't give me some ambiguous ending. I yeah. want a definitive. I want to know what happened. And, you know, there's some, I guess, maybe some, uh, some, times that that works where they leave this kind of like leave you on a on a on a hang you know yeah, like a cliffhanger, cliffhanger or whatever yeah. yeah 
this wasn't one of them. This was like the end uh, when they like the, the ending. Everybody was just like confused. Like, wait, what just just did my TV go out? If you haven't seen the ending and you don't haven't seen the series, like I won't spoil it for you. Let's just say it wasn't a great ending. It just kind of went out on a fizzle. I mean, having said all that, it's one of the best TV shows ever made. <laughs> okay, so just right or it? Yeah, it's just right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one up, House of Cards. Oh, that was good for like, I don't, I don't even know how many seasons it had. I think they did six in total. Oh man, that is way more than I thought that or, they. It was five or six. Well, however many they Frank, had. Frank Underwood made it through five, and then yeah. he got a little. He got a little. He got a little handsy. He got a little. <laughs> got a little uh, yeah. A little touchy feely with the wrong people. Uh, yeah. Kevin, all... Sp- Kevin Spacey there. <laughs> Went yeah. all old pervy on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that show for the first like couple seasons was really really great. It was good yeah. writing. It was like really interesting. It was captivating. And it had me. Um, and I think it just kind of went too, it went too like one dimensional. It kind of just, it just rode that same, it was like a one trick pony, right? Yeah. Like just stayed on that same thing, you know, of him being, you know, you know, evil, Mr. You know, Mr. Bad Guy. And it just kind of never really kind of transitioned. It never really kind of went into a different direction. And I think for that reason, it just like, it as uh, a little overrated for okay. me, you know, yeah. aside from like, you know, the, Kevin Spacey, you know, stuff that happened on the side. Yeah. But just the show itself, eh, a little overrated. Yeah. I, I would say, yeah, I would say it's probably just right. Um, the Yeah. Like the first couple of episodes were hot. They were great. Yeah. And then without him and then all that, like, it just got weird. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on, next one: Arrested Development. Oh, that is underrated. A lot underrated. Of people haven't seen it. I know it. Dude, it is. It is such a smart, funny. <laughs> the characters are so like interesting and silly. Based and in Orange County. Based California. in Orange County. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe that's what put some people off. That's us, it. baby. It's yeah. Us. Yeah. But that whole dude, that whole show, the the like, just the oh, if you watch, oh, so. If you watch some of like, uh, go back and watch just, um, uh, what's his name, Buster. I mean, just that guy in itself, just watching him is just Dude, that like, actor did a great yeah, job. Yeah, Tony Hale is, uh, that guy's amazing. He is like the funniest, like just his character is just so funny. But you'll see, you can watch that like 10 different times. Like you can watch the same episode or even the same scene and just see something different like every time. That's how it is actually in Veep. I don't know if you've seen Veep. Yes. Yeah, Love dude. Veep. Watch Tony Hale in that character and and in that oh. show. It's the same thing. You can watch that episode like ten times, and you'll catch something different each time. Dude, he's doing something different. I mean, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Okay. My heart stole my heart a little bit in Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. In Veep. Yeah. She got this she guy. Took it. Yeah. yeah. She got this guy. I was. Yeah. Um, but Arrested Development, if you yeah. haven't seen it, it's so underrated. Gotta watch it's it. It's such a great show. Gotta watch it. Okay. First, uh, yeah, the first three seasons were uh, um, kind of, well, they came out with some like uh, newer seasons. Yeah, they tried it. It was like a weird one. The first one was, or the, sorry, not the first one, but the fourth one, which was like the first one back after a really long period. Yeah. I guess no one's schedule really aligned. So they had to do this like really kind of tricky thing where they like, uh, like did everyone's part separately and then kind of try to like melt, like bring it together. And it just didn't really, it yeah. didn't really work. Then they did a season after that, but everybody had kind of like gotten older and it was like, just wasn't the same kind yeah. of feel. It's and hard to vibe. get that spark. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to, yeah. Trying to capture like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Um, but dude, those first three seasons, oh man, those are so good. So good. So good. So good. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to change a little bit to cartoons. Oh, okay. You get three choices. Okay. You got to pick one. All right. Family Guy, American Dad. Well, I'll give you four. All right. Simpsons or South Park. Oh, man. Each are kind of like unique in their own Uh, way. Give me one. Give me one. Uh, Well, all right. You got Simpsons that are classic. They've gone, uh, I mean, I think they've got the formula down. So now it's just kind of like 
plug and play, right? Yes, I agree. Do you know they? I don't know what their formula is, but I'm pretty sure they've got it down to like a science, like oh. add here, there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It still works. It's still funny. Later episodes, kind of, or you know, newer ones are 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 kind of. Uh, eh, they're not like they they weren't like what they used to be. You know, kind of like Arrested Development. Uh, but man, there's like that sweet spot. There's a sweet spot where The Simpsons were so damn funny, so poignant, yeah. so uh like just kind of clever uh i don't know what year that was okay let me ask you this yeah. was that then or is that the period of like just life no i i i, I get you know what you're what saying mean? but like, i would say that it's it's for sure that like whatever that the writing was during that time okay monorail kind of like you know kind of like there's okay. like if that's you. like the kind of like the 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 point monorail it's like kind of before that and after that but i don't know what the span is for for right. that but it's somewhere in that kind of area where there was just like a sweet spot of simpsons just being so, you're going so with good simpsons. well i kind of have to i do really? family guy is really really funny too and so is uh, uh american dad and south park south park is just uh it was i mean we it's a no doubt. Dude, we grew up on grew South up on Park, South yeah. Park. It was introduced to us. It was like this new thing. Um, but I think that just the, that era of Simpsons will just kind of forever be like that. I don't know, just kind of tied to my memory and tied to yeah. like you know. So I, I have to go Simpsons. All right, what do you go? Who who you go with? Uh, I got. I'm gonna go. Well, growing up with South Park. Yeah. Um. I got a special place for them. Yeah. Got really into it. Cartman. I used to like draw Cartman. Oh, and nice. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, my cousin worked in the music industry and somehow she got a copy of like their very first episode. They couldn't oh. even air it. They couldn't oh, even air whoa. it because the language was so bad. Yeah. And she like brought it like Christmas or whatever. was like, hey, watch this. This is like this new whoa. show. And they were like killing Santa. <laughs> like all this like weird stuff. <laughs> so like I, I kind of there... Um, they kind of went off the rails a little bit, uh, but dude, American Dad, this show is so good, hilarious. Oh, uh, what's the son's name? I Absolute. forget his name. Uh, Steve. Steve. <laughs> dude, that dude, is. so good. Klaus the the fish and Roger <laughs> the alien. Like, dude, I don't know. There, uh, there's something about that show, and I think Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, he left Family Guy at one point, right? Uh, I think he just kind of gave it to yeah he like kind of off. like handed it off. So I think when he left there, he went to American Dad. Yeah, dude, and their episodes got like significantly. Better. Oh really? Yes. Oh damn. And I think that's where like that's I, where it got dude, you. <laughs> it, I was just like, dude, this show's awesome. Yes, I love it. So I, I'm gonna go American Dad. Uh, that's respectable. Yeah. 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 But dude, growing up as a kid, I remember coming home. Or like going to my grandma's house after school and yeah. stuff. Dude, watching Saved by the Bell. Oh, man. That's classic. Kelly Kapowski. Oh, everyone. Everyone oh. had a crush on Kelly. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kelly Kapowski. Oh, Kelly Kapowski. Uh, um, what's uh, the Boy Meets World? Topanga. Oh. Every, dude. Well, now you're dipping into like the TGIF Friday right. shows. Remember yeah. those? Family Matters. Was that yes. on there? Urkel, yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, step by step. Step by step. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Step by step was on there. Um, full house. Full house. Right. Maybe full house a little bit in that. Yeah. The Tanners. Oh, the Tanner family, man. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, baby, that guy. Um, but yeah, dude. No, there were some great Boy Meets World yeah. step by step. Yeah. Like all that stuff. Oh, but man. dude, Saved by the Bell, I loved it. Yeah. So Saved by the Bell, and then there was also California Dreams. Did you ever see California Dreams? Oh, was that when they went off to college? No, no, no. That, that's the college years. Oh, right. Uh, but California Dreams was the uh, band that would play. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember the band? Dude, they would play yeah. at the... Uh, at, like, the burger place? Yeah. And they were a band. They were called California Dreams. And, <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, and Jake on the guitar was, like, this bad biker guy and like all this stuff <laughs> yeah dude i love that show oh that's good but say by the bell i love that it. love it for sure yeah. uh no no just right yeah just, just right. right yeah just <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um yeah so that ends our um 
Overrated, underrated, and just uh, ranking. Yeah, some classic stuff there. All right, we're going to take one more break. Uh, right. We'll be back. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of some real estate talk when we get back here. Um, yeah, we'll be back. All right. All right. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Caliber Real Estate Group. Caliber and their team of experienced agents are dedicated to providing personalized and professional service to ensure that your real estate goals are met with ease. Caliber specializes in a wide range of properties from luxurious estates to cozy starter homes, and they have the expertise to guide you through every step of the buying or selling process. Click the link in the episodes page to start your journey towards finding the perfect property or getting top dollar for your investment. Um, so since all of our videos have come out, yeah, all my fans are asking me of uh, what am I going to do on my real estate journey? Oh. Like, am I going to buy a house now? What's, yeah. what's my plan? What's going on? So let's just say hypothetically, like, I'm ready to, like, get after it and get going. Yeah. What is the current state of the market? What, so am, you, I, what am I looking at? Yeah. You'd be coming in at an interesting time. Um, right now, I mean, everyone talks, you know, we talked on the first episode about interest rates and where they're at and how that plays a part into your overall budget. So interest rates are still, you know, kind of hovering in that 6% uh, kind of neighborhood, which historically is about average, you know, and I know it's people, you know, seeing 6% um, when compared to the 3% that was, uh, that we saw. Like I was going to say, how, like, how long ago was that? It was only about a year and change. So it's, you know, people get the bends going from that. And a lot of people are just kind of getting trigger shy, you know, they don't want to, um, They've seen their budget uh, kind of dwindle down because I don't want to say dwindle, but they've seen their budget um, be lower than what it was a couple of years ago. And especially if people have like went out and got pre-qualified back then and saw what they could afford and what their monthly payment was. When they see what it is now, it's you know some people are just a little bit disheartened by that, and you know they're a little hesitant. So, but you know, it one of the things that has changed from then is. Now there are less buyers that are out in the market, which okay. means that you don't have to compete as much or as hard as you needed to back then. So about a year ago, uh, maybe going on two years now, you if you were going to go out and buy a house, you had to go in there uh, with uh, you know your best offer. You had to go in over asking. You had to remove some of your like contingencies, which are just kind of safeguards that you put in place, like inspections you want to see if the roof is good uh, right. you know if the foundation's good if you they got ter- if there's termites people were As- waving asbestos that. asbestos things like that yeah. so a lot of people just to you know win a property to get into it because it was so competitive they just said hey we're going to waive all that we're not going to do an inspection we're just going to you know we'll take it as is you know and and the you know the reality is you, you want to get into, you want to be able to get into a property and know that it's, you're making a good sound investment and it's a little scary or it's a little, um, uns- I guess it's it, when you go into it and you haven't checked everything out, there's a little bit of like uncertainty on what you're getting, you know, you want to go in there and you want to be able to ch- take a look at what's, you know, underneath the, the roof and see if there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Now you can do that. Now it's a different market. Now because there aren't as many buyers out there, you can go in there and you can actually kick some tires around and see what's what and make a good, you know, a good honest offer. You can kind of get into negotiations with the seller and figure out if you do want to in fact buy this house. It's a positive thing. It's it's kind of how the market should be. You should be able to go in there and um you know, negotiate with the seller, um, figure out what, you know, what this house is worth and then offer what you think it's worth. If maybe they're off their, their, uh, prices you think is a little high. Um, you should be able to be able to go in there and kind of negotiate, or even if it's just, you know, going in there and the price is right and you just want to make sure that it's a good sound investment and there's nothing in there that you're going to be left holding, uh, you know, holding the bag or whatever that saying is of, you know, having to pay yeah. for something that, you know, you didn't check out. So it's a better time, I think, for um, for anybody, any buyer to get in um, and to be able to make a good sound like uh, purchase of a property and not have to 
wonder, you know, did they make a mistake and we waived some of our contingencies and now we have to actually, um, you know, do some of the work that should have been done before we even purchased it. Yeah. I've heard the term like seller's market, buyer's market and stuff yeah. like that. So like, what does this fall under? It's kind of a little bit of both. So it's it, it before it was definitely a seller's market. And if you were selling your property, you could, you know, name your price and, you know, everybody was just was clamoring to get into something. But it's a little bit different now um, because there aren't as many buyers as there were as there were. Uh, like we talked about, you can kind of go in there and, and do your negotiation, but it's still very much uh, it leans towards sellers because there's just not enough houses for sale. And there's still a lot of demand for houses in Southern California, in Orange County specifically. Sure. So it is still a uh, seller's market. Uh, I don't think anybody would um, would make that argument that it, you know it's all in the buyer's favor. It, it's really not. Um, if you have a property and you're looking to sell it, you still have a lot of you know leverage and you still there aren't a lot of properties that are out there. But with interest rates, you know, where they're at compared to where they were before, it has kind of dialed back the amount of buyers that are out there. You know, but right now, kind of talking about right now specifically, we're starting to see a lot more buyers come into the market. We're starting to see a lot more people that were on the sidelines waiting to see what the what was going to happen. Now they're kind of getting in there and they're realizing, okay, maybe prices aren't going to just fall off like, you know, like they did 2008 when there was a big, huge market crash. There's no indication that that's going to be the case where prices are just going to fall completely, you know, fall down and go to and, and crash. There's no indication that that's going to happen. It's a lot different of a market than it was in 2008. So, I think a lot of the buyers that were on the sidelines and just kind of watching what was happening and expecting there to be this crash, they're seeing that there hasn't been a big movement in pricing. You know, some of the prices have kind of leveled off, but they haven't fallen to where, you know, people were kind of say, uh, thinking that they were going to fall to. So you're starting to see a lot more people just go, hey, I'm going to get in here before it gets too crazy. Yeah, just go for it. Go for it right now. Yeah. Because if rates... Uh, if rates could were to it, could drop, could they get worse? Well, they could, but there's a lot of um, you know a lot of smart people, uh, way smarter than me, have speculated that rates are going to uh, are going to go down, not by you know a, a huge margin, but even a point difference is that's a big drop, and that kind of uh, just a drop in the interest rates triggers a lot of people, a lot of buyers to get back in there because. Uh, you know, the, the, the difference between one point or a, a 6% and a 5.5%, it's a big difference. People don't want to, uh, they're very kind of reactive, you know, when they see yeah. these things that are happening, uh, a lot of people uh, will, will just kind of react based on what comes out. There's a report that comes out that's like, you know, oh yeah, rates are going to like drop. Everybody kind of just like, uh, like holds off until that moment, yeah. right? Other people, like if they hear rates are going to go up, then they kind of jump into it, you know. But a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of like the, the I don't want to say smart people, but people that have a plan, they will figure out, you know, a lot of the, that kind of part of it where you're looking at interest rates, high or low, that does play a part, obviously, into your, you know, budget and your approach on how you're going to buy a house. But you got to have to go in there with the long-term plan and what you're trying to do. And the people who have a plan in place, they don't have to necessarily be reactionary to these things like big jumps in the or drops high or low in the market. They can go in with a plan and say, you know, here's my budget. Here's what I want to buy. Here's my plan for this property. I want to stay in it for five years and then I want to sell it or I want to be in it for 10 years and then rent it out and buy a new property. And, you know, interest rates are definitely a factor in that, but they're not because they're like they're, they're a variable and they, they're adjustable. You can get out of that interest rate and get into a better one later on. So people with the plan and, you know, kind of going back to uh, what your plan would be, it would just be, all right, what kind of plan are you looking for? What are you looking to accomplish with this? And what are you looking to do with the property? Are you looking to stay in it for long term? Is this going to be like the term that you've used before? Is this going to be your forever home? Yeah. Is this going to be your stepping stone? And if that's the case, then we need to shape our plan to kind of accomplish that goal. That might mean buying right now when, um, you know, when there's less competition. And that's 
depends on the situation. Somebody might be better off buying when interest rates are higher and there aren't enough buyers or not as many buyers because their their offer wouldn't be as strong otherwise. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the field's a little bit weaker. And yeah. So get in the game now. Exactly. Yeah. And so if, I mean, just kind of, if you just look at it from a practical standpoint, if there are 10 offers on a house and they're all over asking and the people that are offering have 20% down, have 50% down, have like high income and you're one of 10 and you're not that strong, <laughs> you ain't winning that property. Yeah. And conversely, if you're uh, putting an offer on a house and there's two offers, you're one of two, and now that competition is a lot less, now maybe you can, you know, maybe you'll add in an extra $10,000 to up the, you know, to make your offer that much better. Yeah. It's a lot different than if you're going against 10 other people. Yeah, no, so that makes sense. So it's just a matter of like, you know, what your, uh, what your plan is uh, with the property and how to kind of go about to, how, how you go about figuring that part out. Yeah, well, here's the thing. We're not gonna tell people this episode. We're gonna wait. You gotta wait. Yeah. We're gonna wait till the further <laughs> episodes to see what I do with my uh, on your real estate my journey. Real estate adventure. <laughs> Little cliffhanger there for everyone for this episode. Oh, uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out. That's right. All right. Well, I think that's wraps up uh, this episode of Real in the Field, episode four. Man, we are we are just knocking these things out. Blazing. Blazing. Uh, big shout out to our Belgian buddy. Thanks for listening. Hope you listen to this one. And if you do, yeah, write in. Put a comment in the yeah. in the comment section below. Let us know. Let us know. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thanks again for listening. Uh, so that'll do it. Yeah, I guess uh, just wrap it up. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for another episode of Real in the Field. We'll be back next week. Uh, if you like what you hear, leave a comment in the comment section below, like, and subscribe. And, uh, yeah, as always, we'll be back next week with another, another episode. That's right. Thank All you. right. See ya. And that was our show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard, go ahead and leave a comment in the comment section below, like, subscribe. And as always, we'll be back next week with another episode of Real in the Field podcast. Until then, we'll talk to you.